Delivering great-tasting product to your customers is important. Saving energy, space, and improving operational efficiencies is good for your bottom line. A perfect choice for convenience retailers, Adande Refrigeration's patented modular units deliver so many efficiencies, it's no wonder brands such as Sheets and Get-Go are installing these temperature-stable, hold-the-cold fridges across their U.S. food courts. When it comes to refrigeration, convenience is at the very heart of Adande Refrigeration. Learn how you can excel in food service, save time, space, and energy with Adande Refrigeration at adande.co.uk or adande.com. Professionals in the know, choose Adande. You're listening to Shop Talk Live, the podcast, brought to you by Global Convenience Store Focus. Shop Talk Live is a unique video and podcast series featuring senior retail executives in the global convenience, fuels, and mobility retail industry, hosted by Dan Munford and Carolyn Schneer. Welcome to Shop Talk Live, the podcast. In this episode, we travel back across the pond to the U.S. East Coast to talk with Brad Shivington from Highs of Baltimore. Highs is a staple in the Washington, D.C. region with 60 stores and started as an ice cream store in 1928 as it was once the largest ice cream chain in the world with over 500 locations. After strategic realignment and a store design refresh, Highs today is a neighborhood food destination and of course features their world-famous sweet treats. Listen to Brad and I talk about the customer experience-focused design and employee engagement activities for Highs, and of course, you can find the entire video episode at globalconveniencestorefocus.co.uk on episode number 60. Welcome to Shop Talk Live. I'm Carolyn Schneer. Today, I'm excited to have with me Brad Shivington, Senior Vice President of Highs of Baltimore with stores in my Washington, D.C. area here in Maryland in the United States. Thank you so much for joining me today, Brad. Oh, Carolyn, thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. Of course. And I know we did a feature story on you uh, earlier this year, which is great to check out. So we'll we'll certainly link to that in this write-up here but um, and learn a little bit more about Highs. But I'm excited to jump in as Highs a staple in the Maryland area here, um, dating back at least a century as a dairy and today known for ice cream, fresh food, everything else like that. Um, so I'll let you talk a little bit more about what we have there in terms of food service, because that's what you are really known for in this area. And I can tell you firsthand, it is good. Brad, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the history of highs, because it's interesting because yours is a little bit different than a lot of stores where you, you were, you had a lot of stores, then you had fewer stores and now you're back to growing again. So, um, go ahead and just take me back to the beginning, which I know you weren't there, but, um, if you could tell me a little bit about, uh, highs journey. Sure, be glad to. And uh, it is an interesting journey. I mean, Heinz originally began as an ice cream parlor um, in 1928 in Richmond, Virginia, started by um, L.W. High, started the company and it grew. Um, and then they eventually sold to another organization, a milk co op. And uh, they continued to grow ice cream shops, ice cream parlors, made their own ice cream. And at one point, they had like nearly 500 ice cream shops up and down the East Coast, a very well-known brand. Um, Later on, they evolved into the convenience store business. And at one point, there was uh, about 350 locations on the East Coast, uh, primarily uh, West Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, um, Delaware, mid-Atlantic region of the United States. In uh, 1980, they sold the majority of the Virginia and West Virginia sites to the Southland Corporation. And um, in 2012, uh, the Phelps family, who own uh, Carroll Independent Motor Fuel, 
uh, bought the remaining highest locations, primarily located in uh, Maryland, the mid-Maryland, uh, northern Maryland area. And um, that's an interesting story because the Phelps family had been around. Uh, their business started in 1907. Uh, so you have two long-term companies that have come together. And the, the Carroll uh, Company uh, started as a coal delivery business for home heating wow. with coal back in uh, 1907, moved into the home heating oil business. Then they moved into the fuel transportation uh, distribution business. Uh, they moved into the dealer operations. And um, today uh, we operate uh, the 60 highest locations. We have a 300 plus dealer locations. We purchase and distribute our own fuel. Um, and we have a commercial sales team that services over 3,000 accounts. So quite an evolution. And uh, the piece that I get to uh, lead and direct is the highest team in that group. Uh, we've been having a lot of fun with that. I've been on board since 2017. Okay. Well, I know highs. You talk to anyone who grew up in this area, they know highs, um, whether it's the older version or the newer version, um, but especially the newest version have nothing but great things to say. It's it's something, it's a, it's a brand that folks have grown up in with. And I've been in this area for 30 years. And, um, you know, anybody I've talked to that was born in Maryland goes, oh, of course I know highs. <laughs> so um, you're definitely, you're, you're, you, you are one of probably, I would have to say one of the oldest, um, brands outside of maybe 7-Eleven and the, the Southland Corp here, because although, you know, what a lot of our um, viewers know are Wawa and Sheets and um, even Dash In, but a lot of those are newer. So you guys have been around a lot longer than those. Yes. Yes. A lot, <laughs> long heritage. And, and um, I think we've uh, we've put a big focus on um, reinventing ourselves, uh, staying true to our heritage core and staying uh, relevant to the consumer of today. So that's been a big focus. Well, that's a perfect transition because I do want to talk a lot about that and, and how you are staying relevant, how you're keeping relevant, how you're just excelling in all avenues. Um, and the three things I want to talk about are food and beverage and your customer experience and employee engagement. Three of three things that is is hard to compete on in this area and you're nailing it. So we're going to talk a little bit about food, which is really important, um, especially in this area. So let's talk a little bit more about food. Um, would you mind telling us about uh, your food service strategy and how you got there? I know you started with some ice cream, but it's certainly much more than that. Yeah, I'd be glad to. Um, when, when I came to Hyde in 2017, um, we quickly identified uh, some uh, some focus areas that we needed to uh to concentrate on. One was the facilities and the brand that we had. Um, at the time, we'd had a, a tired brand, a variety of stores over the different areas that had not been touched, not necessarily most up-to-date and relevant for the consumer today. Uh, we looked at the food and ice cream piece. We had a heritage brand, but also the ice cream had gotten kind of tired and uh, became an afterthought. And then uh, the people, culture, people focused on that. And then technology and the customer experience, what do we need to do to stay relevant to the consumer? And in the food arena, um, as you mentioned earlier, we're in a very competitive market. We got the best of the best that we're competing with all the big names, well-established names in convenience and food in our part of the US. 
And we said, how do we, we looked at how do we combine a 15 year journey into a five year plan to get, get caught up and get relevant. So we've been running very hard um, to improve our offer and things. Um, we chose in the food we looked at, we wanted to go the proprietary food route versus a branded food offer. And we looked at what would be four, what we established four really core areas that we could concentrate on for food. Obviously one was ice cream because of the heritage and the nature of it, but how could we make ice cream fun and exciting, uh, upgrade the product? And we established um, a super premium brand and uh, not only with packaged ice cream in the store, but with the hand-dipped ice cream and milkshakes and other dessert treats as a draw. And it's a point of difference. Not a lot of our competitors are really in the ice cream segment. The second thing we looked at is chicken. And in the Mid-Atlantic region, chicken and fried chicken is a staple. And um, we developed a fresh, not frozen, marinated, special herb seasoning blend for our, our fried chicken. And um, that's been a a uh, tremendous piece of business and growth for us and very well received by the consumer. And the third piece was pizza and who doesn't love pizza and looking at ways we could deliver a fresh personal size or take home pizza to the consumer, fresh toppings, good ingredients, and had a great deal of success, success with uh, our, our hand toss, we call it our hand toss fresh pizza. And then the fourth component was really just being in the mid-Atlantic area, we said, what regional things could we develop in food offering that would resonate with the consumers in our market? And being in Maryland, crab cakes are a staple. So people said, the convenience stores can't sell crab cakes. Nobody's going to want to buy crab cakes from a convenience store. Well, we've developed a, a delicious jumbo lump crab cake that we can sell as an entree or as a sandwich, and very well with that. Uh, we rockfish is a well-known uh, fish, uh, very popular in the Chesapeake Bay area. We have a, a rockfish sandwich. Pit beef is also a popular uh, sandwich option. And so we looked at things that we could point to as signature sandwiches and items that would be a point of difference and tie into um, the relevance of where we're at and resonate with the consumers in our market. We also looked at the beverage aspect and, you know, made a decision to go bean to cup on coffee uh, for the fresh ground, fresh brewed coffee options. Uh, we've also um, looked at um, enhancing our cold beverage lineup with a full array of handcrafted sodas, teas, lemonades. Uh, we have um, the frozen beverages with the icy drinks, and uh, we also have our, our milkshake offers. So really trying to hit on the food area, the hot beverage and the cold frozen beverage area as part of our relevant offer and uh, really the future focus for driving our business. Well, I think you you found, I mean, you're right, crab crab cakes, by the way, if, if you're if you, uh, watching and have never had one, they are amazing. Um, <laughs> anywhere, but definitely, um, I, I'd love to try yours too, because that is very unusual, like at a convenience store to find that because it's just, it's, it's not, it's a delicacy. It's it, there. Um, so that's really cool that you were so regional on those items. I mean, pizza, pizza to go, especially, I know you're 
um, located on a lot of commuter routes too. So there's probably a lot of people coming in, bringing food home. Um, but the ice cream, like you mentioned, I cannot think of a single other convenience store that you can go in and get like a real scooped ice cream like that. And that's, that's really cool because I know, um, I know I've come from my daughter's soccer games and we're coming home and, you know, that that's a perfect spot. And then while you're there, you know, you buy something else. Mom gets a coffee because you've been up since six o'clock shuttling kids everywhere. Wait, it's already dinner time and I've been to the soccer game all day. Let's bring a pizza home too. So you can nail every, every segment of it, which is really awesome that you have that. And I've, I've eaten some of the fried chicken and it is amazing. It is good. And it is, um, it's hard to find good fried chicken. I mean, there, there's a lot of it around here, but once you find one, you certainly stick to it. And I know the reviews on Google talk about, you know, with several of your stores, how much people like absolutely love their chicken. So, um, so that's, that's a great, amazing choice. And it's, and I love how you're staying local too, because it feels, um, more sustainable. Um, and you know, you can, you can talk about, you know, helping those, especially in the Chesapeake Bay when it comes to local fishermen and everything else like that. We, we really feel that, um, look, as I said earlier, we compete with chains that are much larger than us and, and they have wonderful offers and things, but how can we differentiate ourselves? And we feel that tied to the Chesapeake Bay area, Maryland, and mm -hmm. uh, is a point of difference. And, and I think our customers really enjoy that. That feels like we're part of the community and we're catering to them. And uh, with, as you said, many people remember the highest ice cream from their childhood days and now bringing it to another generation and a better offer and then the food it just it just helps us connect the dots in the community we operate in oh for sure and it gives customers an absolutely great experience too because they're coming in with the the memories of of when they were were kids and now they're they're coming in as adults the next generation so speaking of that um the stores probably changed from when those folks came in as kids to now. Um, so you put a lot of effort into renovating, as we mentioned, or um, that's another word, remodeling a lot of your stores. And sometimes um, I think new builds too. It could be wrong. Um, you can prove me wrong on that. But um, what went into that, the strategy behind the state-of-the-art technology, the, the really, really sleek designs that you have both inside and out? Um, when we looked at the design for our new industry sites, um, we, we took a look at how do we put food on as a showcase, a centerpiece of the store, so that when a customer walks in, it's very obvious where food is at in the new locations. And it's on stage. We call it like being on theater. In theater, being on stage, being front and center. Um, we also looked at efficiencies from operational perspectives with kitchen staff and store staff and how do we design kitchen and other parts of the store to be efficient. A lot of focus on the things that we know that customers like lighting, clean cleanliness, restrooms that are touch free, um, ample parking, exterior lighting, uh, all the th things that I think go into making a more appealing location from curb appeal to inside appeal. Um, we looked at colors and design too. We wanted to stay um, a connection to the heritage of of highs and the ice cream, but kind of freshen it up and give it a more relevant look and feel. So the colors um, have that fresh food, fresh dairy, but more of a contemporary look and feel to it. But we're very, very passionate about being true to the cow and we leverage um, the cow theme and image quite a bit. And we've embraced the cow um, 
within our um, our employees and our design work, and it's something we can have fun with. Uh, so th those kind of components went into it. And then also from the technology side, Carolyn, we looked at how do we make the shopping experience better for the customer, whether it be through the touchscreen or point systems that we have, uh, whether it be the frictionless checkout that they can do through their mobile phone, utilizing mm -hmm. Skip or the self-checkout uh, terminals at the front of the store. Um, different ways to cater to the customer. They can do mobile uh, order ahead, they can do curbside, they can do scan and go, things that can cater to the, the customer's needs and, and being convenient for them and offering a good experience, while at the same time making sure that our associates are engaging and friendly in the store and, and doing their part as well. Yeah, I can. Yeah, definitely. Let me ask you one question. Now, um, your stores are are all over between um, like southernish Maryland out so a little bit west. So you have some very rural stores and some not as rural, some more suburban. So to give us a little geography, Washington, D.C. is like here. You guys are like here on the top, the northern side and, and over to the to the west and then the Atlantic Ocean is over here. So um, my question really is about like rural stores versus urban stores. Is there a difference in how you've laid those out and also how you've tackled the inside versus the outside, because I know that's a different, a completely different customer in some respects. That's a great question. Um, we, we initiated what we call a, a site optimization program. So we kind of classified stores A, B, and C and looked at what is the individual store's potential. So uh, not every store is conducive to having the full chicken offering in by size or location or volume. Um, other stores, um, we did we did establish some cornerstones. Like ice cream was going to be a cornerstone across all stores to make sure they had the ice cream piece. Um, hot and cold sandwiches were going to be available. Pizza is in the majority of locations. Um, so from the food side, um, we kind of classified it as the full food would have the chicken, the pizza, the ice cream, and all the sandwiches. Uh, then the next level of food would have everything excluding uh, the chicken. And then we have some real small light stores that have um, really just the hot and cold sandwich program. As it plays into whether rural or suburban, um, we've tried to look at in the sets a consistency standpoint, but also some flexibility to go. So I'd say we're probably 80% consistent across the board in layout, but there's a 20% that has of the mix that has some flexibility that may be more tailored to a rural customer or suburban or urban customer as we go through in that piece. And really it's part of being, uh, understanding the community we operate in, understanding our customers, and then trying to figure out how we can best cater to meeting those needs. Right. Well, that makes sense. I um, I know if you get down into um, like, especially the Eastern shore, I mean, you're going miles and miles without passing some anything <laughs> for a while. So um, I can certainly uh, see how you'd have to, to change that up, but then you become even more close to the community, which actually um, brings me over to my, my third point and question area is about employees, but also the community interaction that you and they 
have. And I know um, I know you guys worked with a lot of different um, national and local um, charities and um, community organizations, which is really cool. So I was hoping you could talk to us a little bit about that and how um, how this weaves into employee engagement as well. Well, I, I think as, as we started on this journey, just with employee engagement, um, I put a challenge out to our team is really to be on the front line, spend time with our associates, be in the stores, um, talking to associates, understanding what's important to them, what's relevant to them, what do they need from us, relating to them and not just being a corporate office and store location. So pretty much weekly or every other week, we have a, a number of our team that is out in the field engaging with our stores. Um, we do employee surveys on a regular basis. We have roundtable sessions with them. It's like, what? how do we become a better employer, a choice with them? How do we help them to be more successful at their job? How do we help them grow? What are they aspiring to do? And for some, it may be a career path in our industry. For others, it may not be. But how do we help them on that journey as they, they go along? Um, our team, everybody from from the corporate office down to site levels focused on looking for talent and uh, promoting the brand and then also not just looking for talent but how do we how do we train them and how do we retain them um, to help them on that journey and we we again with our Kyle theme our associates all go through moo training uh, so it's a multi-staged uh, training process for them um, to to move them along and develop with different skills and progressions to help them. Um, we do employee appreciation week. Uh, we 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 try to have a lot of fun in the store. I mean, work is work, and it can be hard, and it can be um, there can be good days and bad days with it. But we try to show them how to have fun at work and how we can lighten the mood a little bit. Look, we connect with our customers. They're coming in. We might be the the interaction that helps them change the day that they're having or brighten their day or be a good spot. And we know so many of the customers because they're regulars and they come in several times a day, several times a week and to connect with them. Uh, Employee Appreciation Week, we have a lot of fun. We have dress up theme days. We have uh, um, cow theme dress up day, sports theme, superheroes. We do a variety of things like that. Oh, cool. Um, we have contests and rewards for our employees, um, new product and items. They'll get first trial of them oh, to neat. work with our vendor partners to make sure that for them to understand it and sell it, they have to try it. So give them something in that arena. And then in the community piece that we operate in, it's like we we looked to, we have some major national charities we partner with in causes, but we also wanted to have that connection locally. So it might be the animal shelter in a particular county or community. It might be the food pantry. It might be a veterans group, different things that we can connect with that says, hey, we're here, we're part of the community and we care about you and want to help. And we may do that through um, we call it, it could be a roundup program where we do the change roundup on the dollar uh, transactions and donate that uh, to the organization. It could be through um, cup, uh, coffee 
cup or fountain cup sales, donating a portion of the proceeds. It could be donating product as needed. Uh, we try to tie into fairs and festivals and events going on in the community. And not just from a corporate standpoint, but try to get our local um, management team, our local store teams involved with those events as well. And um, we feel that it just helps uh, the culture and helps the community and ties everybody together that we're in this together. Oh, sure. It's your friends, your neighbors, they're, you know, they, they, kids, family members, you know, that's the best way not only to grow the loyalty amongst each other, but the the customers as well. Um, I wanted to ask one question in terms of um, obviously the, the attracting employees, getting people to even show up to apply and then show up to the interview is hard. And that's across the board, across the world, I think too. And one of the things um, we talked about in, in the article is, is pay. And I know that that's, you know, here in the U S we have, you know, minimum wage and everything else like that, but has, has between like, what do we use to attract your, your, to get people to, to want to apply everything or, or is that not even an issue with you? Because it's such a community spirit. They're like, of course I want to work at highs. I'm, I'm going to go right there. Well, I wish it was that easy. That's <laughs> um, an everyday, it's an everyday task to do. And I think, as I said earlier, from, from the corporate office down to the front line that we all are focused on looking for talent and, and recruiting because the employment, the employee population out there has so many options and choices right now. And you got to find a way to get your voice heard and stand out and be different. So pay is one aspect of it. I think the things we talked about in the employee appreciation and um, having fun at work is another piece. I mean, we've done a lot of things from dress code and attire and, and things that may have been against policy years ago to now being what's relevant to the workforce today. And at the end of the day, delivering on that customer experience is really the most important thing that that associate engages with the customer and gives them a good experience. You know, if they have multicolored hair or piercings or tattoos or the wearing jeans, is that as relevant as the experience that the customer feels? And we've kind of focused on that aspect of it. Um, we look at, we have benefits for part-time employees. Um, wow. Medical benefits is a big issue. So we have full-time and part-time, uh, different ways that uh, our, our population can participate in that. We have um, tuition support reimbursement. Um, we have different things. We try to look in our benefits package and how do we communicate that out. We also have a, a mobile text uh, program that we run that we communicate with every associate in the company so they can get information they can get updates we do trivia stuff with them we do serious stuff with them to try to connect with our frontline population because they're so mobile phone centric and how they communicate and operate that we feel that that's a a great way for us to have a direct connection with them and keep them apprised of things and engaged and um, just we try a lot of different things Carolyn there's I don't think there's any one answer out there we do have uh, regional recruiters out there that are looking as well for talent we do job fairs and um, we, we put a lot of focus too on referrals like if we have somebody that's working for us and they enjoy working for highs who else do they know that might want to come and work and be part of the team um, 
and uh, family and friends uh, is a good source for for helping with that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, well, that is an amazing overview. I, I truly, truly appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, one last question. I don't think I actually prepared you for this, but uh, what do you see for the next 20 years for highs? I know that's a very, very long time frame, but um, where, where are you going next? Uh, we continue to look at, um, we've not completed, as I mentioned earlier, all of our site optimization piece. So we have stores we're still continuing to touch in the existing um, legacy stores, like stores that we can add more food to and continue with the re-image piece. We have um, some new to industries on the horizon that will be developed. Um, we also have looked into other revenue producing streams, like we recently just opened our first um, tunnel car wash, and it's adjacent to um, our newest location. And really looking at the car wash business, particularly the tunnel car wash, as a new revenue stream and source to tie into. And um, since we've been open, it's been exceeding all of our expectations. And it's kind of a change evolution in the car wash business from the traditional in-bay rollovers uh, to the tunnel piece. So we've had a lot of learnings there. So we're looking to grow that piece. Um, we're also looking to grow... Um, we have new to industry, we have acquisitions that we're constantly looking for. And also within this network of locations that we have, dealer sites, uh, company operate sites, we we work between both, both units is we may have an old underperforming high site that would be better as a dealer location. We may have some dealer locations that might be a, become a good highs location. Uh, to redevelop. Um, we're also looking at some things for how can we take our our programs into our dealer network a little bit more to help um, grow the brand, help them grow their business in, in the food or ice cream arena. Um, so there's a, many different things on the horizon. Continue to work with technology too. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at um, with AI pieces and how to use that to leverage for um, understanding our customer and our data better. Uh, loyalty program, we're on our 2.0 version of our mobile app loyalty program. So there's a lot of things, a lot of things on the horizon that we're looking at. And, you know, we all have to be cognizant of, of um, where is EV going and, and how how does a retailer stay relevant in that? It could be um, developing food or ice cream into standalone offers as a potential to uh, take a look at. So there's a number of things out there that, um, I don't know if I covered 20 years, but that might cover from next five to 10. Well, it's enough to keep you busy for at least the next year or so, I'm sure. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you so much. This has been wonderful to hear um, our audiences from around the world. So if you're ever in the DC area, give us a, give us a shout, give me a shout. We'll, we'll get you over to highs. Um, I'm still pushing for you to open some up down here in Virginia, but maybe, maybe that's in the 20 year, <laughs> 20 year forecast. As you, never opposed to, you never know. You never know. Well, well, if you do give me a call. Um, so Brad, thank you. 
thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a fantastic episode. Uh, do check out the article that we have on globalconvenienceStorefocus.com that goes into a little more detail, has a few more pictures about highs. And in the meantime, thank you so much for watching. Thank you for listening to Shop Talk Live, the podcast. This episode was produced by Dan Munford and Nick Scherzer with support from Jenna Ferguson and Lorraine Evans. It was produced, edited, and mixed by Carolyn Schneer, and music was provided by Wolfgang Worley. Tune in every other week for new episodes, and please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and learn more at globalconvenienceStorefocus.co.uk.